like what not to do. I mean, don't short yourself on the money, you know, because people look at boats and they say, okay, you know, I, I could do it for X amount of money. And then they get involved in it and they're like, wow, this is a lot of work. I'm like, yeah. You know, and then, then they're out there struggling all day for, for nothing. You know, you, you got to charge accordingly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the main thing is don't sell yourself short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, and I mean, as far as, you know, tools go, you, you, I didn't start out with the high end stuff. I started out with the cheaper stuff and I worked my way up to it, you know, but as I kept growing and working my, my way up, my prices increased. Yeah. What is up, guys? I am Dustin, the host of the Detail Spot podcast. And in this episode, we have Shane Mackey with Waxing Off Detailing. He is a marine detailer in New York, and he is a subject matter expert in this space. You know, oftentimes, automotive detailing and, and marine detailing are mixed. And um, so it's a it's a good breath of fresh air having him on and really share with us something new that we really don't um, put a lot of of thought into, you know, maybe you're in an area where marine detailing is a market. There's a market for that. Or maybe you're looking to start your marine detailing business or add this to your list of services, or maybe you are already a marine detailer. This episode is for you. Um, and, and Shane is the guy to really share what it takes in, in that side of this industry and, and in that space, you know, he dominates his area where he's from in New York and he's kind of the go-to guy from, for marine detailing. So so I know there's a lot of information here for you to learn if you are, you know, looking to start a marine detailing business or looking to add that service to your list of services. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you're really enjoying the content coming from this podcast, if you can leave us a review, it's going to greatly help the channel grow that so we can reach more detailers like yourself. And if you are in a spot to where you just do not know what to charge for your detailing services. Maybe you've been in business for a little bit and you're just not making the money that you wish you would have or that you envisioned um, and you just don't know how to price your services or packages. There's a free workshop that you can take. Um, It's going to be in the show notes if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, The link will be in the show notes. So make sure to check that out. It's 100% free and it's going to show you the exact equation Um, so that you can price your services and price your packages so that you know exactly what you're making and so that you can start making the money that you deserve for detailing and for this hard work that goes into each service. Um, But it's going to show you the exact equation. And coming from someone who's not so good at math, this equation is super simple and it's going to be easy for you to implement in your business. So make sure to check that out. The link is in the show notes. So we're going to go ahead and dive in with Shane and let him share with you how he started and, and really just share with you everything around the marine detailing space. So let's get it. All right, Shane. Um, so how long have you been detailing as a whole? And then how long have you been detailing as waxing off? Uh, so I started out in the industry about 12 years ago and, um, I got into it and I was doing a dealership work and I was working for dealerships and it got to the point where it, it, they weren't paying me enough and it, it just, it, it, it didn't work out. So I decided to jump out on my own. And I used my dealership connections because I knew the salesmen and the sales managers, all the GMs, and I picked up franchise dealership accounts. And at one point I had like five or six franchise stores, a bunch of guys working for me. But the problem with that was, was that I was a slave to them. 
You know, it's like, um, it didn't matter if it was a holiday. I, I remember one time they wanted me to come in on New Year's Day because they were, they were going to be open. And they wanted to sell cars. And uh, it's very cutthroat. If somebody will come in and undercut you $5 and they're throwing you out over five bucks on a car. You know, it's, it's very cutthroat. And uh, it just, it got to be too much. And after losing accounts over just little tiny stuff like that, um, I end up falling into the Marine aspect because I'm right here on the Hudson river. And um, I walk, I ended up walking down here, not knowing anything about boats and one of the yacht clubs like, yeah, you know, we want our boats detailed and yada, yada, yada. And this is before really YouTube and, and, uh, and Facebook. And I was kind of piggybacking with what they were, you know, telling me how to, how to clean their boats and everything. And it kind of blew up from there. And then I kind of educated myself as much as possible, uh, talking to guys in the jail coat industry and everything and just learning uh, as much as possible. Because at the end of the day, boat people, they talk more than car people. You know, car people, they talk with boat people, especially at marinas and yacht clubs. You know, they come down to the social club and they're like, well, who did your boat? You know, you know, who, who cleaned it, who waxed it? And they're like, oh, this is the guy, you know, and, and it, it word spreads fast. Mm -hmm. um, and ever since then, it's been really ballooning. And I changed the name of the company two years ago to Waxing Off. And uh, it's, it, it's, it's kind of taking over. It started off, the name was kind of like a joke. And uh, it's, it's really, you know, it, uh, shot up in, in, in popularity. Mm -hmm. but it's definitely something. Yeah. But, I, I actually really like it because with detailing, detailing, you can kind of push the limits a little bit. It's kind of like a, a barbershop type of vibe. Like you kind of have that, your brand can kind of be whatever you want it to be. And it's kind of cool. I always liked how your brand is that. And, and you actually, um, I saw where you, you put a billboard up and that was pretty cool, man. Like, like just seeing that, seeing your brand smack dab on a billboard. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's funny because my family owns a, um, a property where the billboards, where they have billboards on. And one day I was like, you know, I was like, let me see what the cost of a billboard was because if they own the property, it's got to be like cheap. And I called the company and they're like, well, that, that property is taken, it's under contract. They're like, but we have other properties available. And they sent me the locations of all the properties. And one of them was next to another detail shop. And I was like, I got to do it. I got to do it, you know? <laughs> and uh, it, it was only like 700 bucks for, for the month, but the brand recognition is what I was going after. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it gets people, you know, used to seeing the logo, seeing the brand, and I'm doing a lot of car shows uh, this year, being a vendor at them. And it's really just getting the brand out there to get people used to it. You know, the uh, local radio station did a segment on me on the billboard because they thought it was hilarious. So I got some radio time for it, but it's, it's, it's really, that's what I was trying to build, you know, people getting used to seeing it and seeing the logo and the brand. Mm -hmm. and, and that's so cool. Like with, with branding and marketing and all these things, I think a lot of people think it's going to be instant when realistically in reality, it's a long-term game. Like it's, it's, it's all subconscious. Like you're playing on your, your customer's minds. How many times can they see my logo before they actually want to call me? Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, and that's it. I mean, it's taken me really three years to get to where I am. I mean, two years ago, I was working on the back of a pickup truck and it had all my gear stuff in there. And now I got a, a 16 foot box truck that's fully self-sufficient and 
you know, I'm looking at next year running two trucks, but you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. And I eat, breathe and sleep, you know, this business, you know, that's it. You know, I, I live for it and you gotta be willing to put the time in. And, you know, a lot of guys I see don't want to do that, but you gotta be able to do, you know, make some sacrifices and put the work in. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. And my whole thing with business is because I got a sales background as well. I, uh, I sold cars for a little bit and I kind of learned how to sell, how to sell stuff. And it's always the four P's is what I kind of fall down on. It's people, process, product, price. If you can sell all four, you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot because like, <clears throat> that's often sometimes I think a lot of detailers lack is those two things you just said, the, the drive and yeah. the ability to sell, like without those two things, like a, a lot of people aren't salesmen, like, and that's cool. Like, that's not something that, um, just comes naturally. That's not like a personality that that's all personality. So like my, I always give everybody, my biggest advice is like, if you're not good at sales, hire someone who is good at sales eventually, yeah. you know, cause like you need that, you need those, um, you need to offer customers upsells or you need to offer them a, a service that they may not think they need, but then you tell it to them in a way that they now look at. And I was like, dang, I really do need that, you know? So, and then also that grind, man, that's something that like, I don't think I've really touched on ever in any, any episode. And it's like, you, we go to sleep thinking about this. And if, and if you're not like you should, because it's like, that's, and that, that's part of that entrepreneur that, you know, we go to bed, we're like, dude, I'm going to try this tomorrow. I, I can't, I can't get over how many clients I get. And they tell me all the time, they're like, you know, we called so-and-so or, you know, so-and-so never called us back or they never showed up. And I'm like, you know, like how, you know, like follow up with everybody, you know, if you can't do it, at least tell them you can't do it, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it blows my mind that, you know, that, that people are like that and it's, it's insane. But like with the fleet washing, I tell the trucking companies, you know, look, you could take the blue beacon, but then you're paying for a driver to take the truck there. I said, I'm coming right to you, you know, so you're not paying a driver, you're not paying salary anything like that, the truck's not tied up and I'm doing it on the weekends when the trucks aren't running. And I carry a gloss meter around with me for the boats. And that's how I upsell customers on, you know, compounding or wet sand jobs. They'll call me and say, just, you know, wash and wax it. Okay. And I'll break up the gloss meter. I'll get a readout. I'll be like, look, see these numbers that are popping up? A new boat will give me a readout in the 70s. Your boats give me readouts in the 20 single digits, teens, whatever. It needs a lot more. You know, the goal is to be around 100 as far as gloss units passing through that gel coat. So you got to, you know, you, you got to be able to work the customers. That's the main thing. You know, you got to, you got to be able to, you know, sell, upsell the product on everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool too. Cause like the numbers won't lie. Having something like that, it's like, hey, here's what it is. And, and it is what it is, you know? Right. Right. It's kind of like, uh, it's, it's my go-to thing. But a lot of the, I got eight marinas that I deal with, and some, some of them play middleman. You know, I got a lot of people that I deal with, you know, their private clientele, yacht clubs and everything. But the marinas play middleman where they just line the work up with me. And I'll get the, the work orders, and I'll just say, wash and wax. And I'll go out there and be like, no, no, no. <laughs> this thing needs a full wet sand, you know. And then we'll get the customer on the phone, and we'll, 
we'll talk to them and we'll go over everything with them or get them there in person to go over the entire process. And nine times out of 10, I sell them on it. You know, it's, uh, it's really cool. Because boat detailing also, like marine detailing as a whole, is not only a niche that a lot of detailers don't know how to do, that means also the client definitely has no clue what you're talking about. So that makes it almost even better. Like if you're the subject matter expert, they trust you. Right. And it's, it's all about education. If you educate the client on something, you know, then they're more comfortable with you doing it, you know. And the problem with the boat detailing world is that, you know, I... I did it years ago when I first started. It's a lot of guys will get into the auto dealing, auto detailing aspect and think, well, I detail cars, I'll start cleaning boats. And it's a whole nother world. You got to understand gel coats. You got to understand, you know, uh, products and what to use and what not to use. I mean, I got stuff in here that if you put it on a car, you rip the clear coat off of it, you know? It's, uh, it's a whole nother ball game. But if you're good at it, there's a lot of money to be made in it and it's a very overlooked industry. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. Cause like I always, yeah. <clears throat> I always mention like auto detailing, anybody can do it. Like honestly, everybody and anybody can clean a car boat right. detailing. Like we do offer, we offer Marine detailing, but like nowhere near as in depth or as, as a subject matter expert as you are. But like, if we have a client that's like, Hey, you know, my gel coats faded We'll do that service, but like, it's typically not something that I would claim to be a subject matter expert in. And that's probably majority of auto detailers. So it's kind of cool that like, if you can actually dial it in and make that your niche market, dude, I can like the, the ticket on those items are exponential. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and once you start getting into it, you start to realize the different kinds of gel coats and you got hard gel coats, you got soft gel coats and which boats are going to give you a problem and which ones aren't, you know, if, if you're on a chaparral, which you were this morning, they're softer or a sea right. You can kind of go through them real quick and they come up beautiful. This carver right now, carvers, they put a UV additive in the gel from the factory and it makes them a really hard gel. And you really, you almost got to fight them, you know, to get them back. And then, I mean, you can wet sand them, ceramic, do, do whatever you guys do. And then they, they haze right back up. It's insane. Mm-hmm. it's uh it's really wild you know cobalts are another one great boat very hard gel so once you uh once you understand the gels then you're you're in the goal you're you know you're free and clear mm-hmm. and then what would you say like if anyone is like wanting to transition their detailing business over to marine what advice would you give them education education is key networking is key you know, you got to talk to people in the industry and pick their brains because that's what I did. Um, you know, and in the off season, you know, I got I went out to uh, Illinois uh, to do gel coat repair with Josh Baines out of uh, Biscayne Industries. He's like the the godfather of gel coat. And, you know, I picked his brain a little bit, came back and I had even more knowledge than I did before. And that's the main thing is just being if you're in the industry. And everybody's willing to help you. You know, you can always ask anybody questions and they'll, you know, they'll help you out as best they can because they know what it's like. And education to me is 100% the most important thing. Heck yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, And then like whenever, what's like the highest ticket, like the biggest boat you've done or the highest ticket boat you've ever done? Oh my gosh. We got a, 
we had a, uh, a 64 foot Hatteras down here that we would do. And that boat was done in all grip paint. Now all grip paint, you can't put a wheel on it. They tell you right from the manufacturer, don't put a wheel on it. You'll actually uh, file the all grip down too much and it'll mess up the paint job. Uh, it's gotta get done in all care, pretty much all by hand. And uh, that thing was massive. And uh, thank God he sold it because that boat was, uh, it was a big project, but now he's looking at buying an 80. So <laughs> I'm not looking I'm looking forward to that 80 footer. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. That's, that's probably some of the phone calls. Like, that's the difference. Like, in auto detailing, you dread a minivan because of its size. Yeah. Like, <laughs> with you, you're like 80 foot boat. That's my nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like the boat's got poly glow on it. Oh my God, I hate that. Because poly glow, you, you either got to put the stripper on it or you got to sand it off. And that, that sucks. That is really rough. It, especially if it's a carver, polyglow and carver, those two words as nightmare fuel right there. You know? <laughs> what is that like floor wax or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a product that somebody made and they should never never made it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know that we have done like a few RVs and campers to where they're yep. like, yeah, I had a guy come out a couple of years ago and he put floor wax on it. And I'm like, brother. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know all about that stuff. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, it never ceases to amaze me. You know, the stuff I run into, uh, oh, I can imagine, man. God, dude. I mean, it's, but I mean, up here, it's now gotten to the point where, we're all the Marines I'm running and there's not a lot of people doing the Marine detailing. Mm -hmm. And I think there's one mm -hmm. other crew up here that's doing it, but I got run of the house up here and it sucks because everything kind of falls on me and it, but there's nobody else doing it. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's very lucrative if you can get into it and, and know what you're doing. Dude, yeah. That's so awesome too, because a lot of times like, I always like to compare the two auto and Marine, but like auto detailing, super saturated. And then, oh, so saturated. you know, in Marine detailing, not so much. And also depending on your area, I mean, I'm sure like I'm in Florida now. So like, you know, there's probably a lot They're of, Marine they are everywhere. And I spent mm -hmm. some time down in Delray, South Florida. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's a very saturated market down there. Everybody I compare everybody to like landscapers. Um, but it's because uh, everybody's doing the same thing. It's just who's doing it cheaper. But even down there, it's uh, if you if you're good and you and you know what you're doing, and you can make a killing, you know. And that's the main thing is putting out a good quality product at a good price. Mm -hmm. You'll never you'll never be out of work. You know, you'll have the phone will be ringing nonstop. <laughs> and and with you, the cool thing is, is you being like the only one there doing it. Is you kind of get to determine the market price. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, it, 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 you know, I, I'm the highest paid out of, you know, people in the area as far as pricing, but I'm also the most experienced. You know, I tell people, I'm like the, the Louis Vuitton of the Marine detail, you know, not everybody can afford me, but those that can, they know what they're getting, you know, they're getting top quality. And, but back in the day when I first started, I, I was cheap because I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know? Uh, and I used it as a learning experience, you know, that, that was my, my thing. You know, you, you start out cheap until you get the experience and you start raising the prices on everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's yeah. all. 
same thing with me, man. Honestly, like whenever I first started, I had no clue, especially now looking back, like I had no clue what I was doing, how to do it. My prices were kind of more on the client's favor than my own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. yeah you're, you're doing it just to get the job, you know, cause, uh, cause you need it. But now it's, you know, at my level, I'll even walk away from stuff. Like it's not, I, I, I'm not getting involved in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I do pass up jobs all the time where if, if the, if the boat was really, really bad and, and the client just wants, you know, a simple wash and wax, I'm like, I know what it's going to take and I, it's not, not going to be worth it. It's going to come out not looking good and it, it's just not worth my time, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's that when you build up your business, you can do that stuff. And the one good thing that I love about boat detailing is that it's not like cars where you got, you know, a minivan, like you said, with fossilized chicken nuggets and, you know, in it or dog hair all over, you know, over the back seat, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like, literally, you can't really, and even when they are a little grimy, the good part is it's, like, a lot of that is pressure washable surface as well. So, like, your yeah. dirt comes up so easy. Yeah. You, know, you hit it with some deck scrub, hit it with a power washer, and that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of it will come off. Um, but, I mean, as far as, like, products go, you know, everybody, you got to find out what works best for you. You know, and there's so many different products out there. And I've played around with so many different brands and I finally land on something that works for me. You know, I've found gives me good results and, you know, makes me as efficient as possible. It makes my guys as efficient as possible. You know, so you really uh, got to find out what works best for you. You know, I'm not going to tell everybody, you know, use this or don't use that. You know, they, they, you really got to find out what works best for you in the industry. Yeah. And like what type of um, like if you were to give a guy an example of like what not to do in this in that niche. What not to do? Oh, man. I mean, it's uh, like what not to do. I mean, don't short yourself on the money, you know, because people look at boats and they say, OK, you know, I, I could do it for X amount of money. And then they get involved in it and they're like, wow, this is a lot of work. I'm like, yeah. You know, and then, then they're out there struggling all day for, for nothing. You know, you, you got to charge accordingly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the main thing is don't sell yourself short. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and I mean, as far as, you know, tools go, you, you, I didn't start out with the high end stuff. I started out with the cheaper stuff and I worked my way up to it, you know, but as I kept growing and working my, my way up, my prices increased. You know, so don't be mad if it doesn't come all at once. It takes time. It takes years, you know, to, to build up the business, mm-hmm. but you got to be dedicated. You got to put the time in. I haven't had a day off since mid-March. I've been working seven days a week, 10, 12 hours a day. You know, we're, I'm burned out. They're burned out, <laughs> but we got to do what we got to do to get it done. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's that hustle. And I'm sure like for you guys, you're in New York, right? So yep. like, I'm sure in the wintertime, like I'm sure it kind of nose dives a little bit, right? Yeah. So the last boat we do is normally around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but the fleet washing will carry us through till right around New Year's. And then we take off the months of January and February. And that's when, you know, networking in the industry is really key because I'll go down to Florida 
and I'll hang out with guys in the industry and do stuff. Like I said, I went out to Illinois to help out Josh out and uh, doing his gel coat repair work. So networking is definitely key. Mm-hmm. You know, you really use the off season to go do other stuff with other detailers and pick their brains and see what they're doing, what they're using and kind of learn from them a little bit. And then they learn from you as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you need to get you like a little, uh, a little bungalow in Florida and come down here and, um, and detail in the, in the winter. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could, but I mean, everybody, the whole country seems like they moved down here. The price of everything is insane anymore. It's I wild. You know, I was, I was thinking about going down to, uh, down to South Florida in the off season, but it's just so expensive. It's like, damn, I can't, I can't swing it, you know, between yeah. the, and everything up here in New York and then going down there and paying it's, it'd be too much, you know, yeah. but, uh, it's definitely a cool industry. You definitely meet some really cool people. You know, um, I think we did a sailboat the other day for a guy. He just got back from Italy and he had biked all up and down Italy on a bicycle. He was telling me. So you really meet some interesting people doing this and a lot of people in business and, you know, they, they help you out too, you know, if you got any questions as far as business, you know, because they've, they've been through it and they built multi-million dollar companies. And that's why they got the big dollar. Yet. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's a really cool industry. Um, and I'd love to see more people get involved in it because it's such a niche market and there's so much money paid and I just overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, and that's the thing with like boats is boats is not something that like everybody needs a car, you know, versus a boat. Not everybody needs a boat. And a lot of times when people have boats, they have a lot of money to where they can afford something like that. So you could probably get to encounter a lot of people that are uh, definitely above the average. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I tell everybody it's funny because I realized with, with clients you got two kinds of people with boats either they have the money and they can afford it or they think they can afford it and they don't have the money and those are the people you kind of got to stay away from you know because they'll they're the ones that will chew you down on price and try and negotiate with you and the only time i will negotiate is it's like all right if you want to clean your cockpit and do your seats and your vinyl and everything then i'll knock a couple bucks off but other than that no we're not we're not negotiating price you know that's the only time I, I will deduct services and deduct money, but I'm not, you know, going to cut my throat because you want to wash and wax, you know, for, you know, uh, half the price of a, of, an, of another boat, the same size and condition. No. Mm-hmm. And that's I feel like in, in detail, I don't know why people, it's like, they're afraid of the money. It's like they, they, you know, someone will call and, you know, for a car detail and be like, you know, well, I get, you know, three fifty, you know, for a full, detail inside out on a on a on a vehicle and the customer like well could you do it for for three and be like okay no don't don't negotiate that's the worst thing you could do i mean i don't walk into the shop right and uh try and negotiate the box of cheerios you know (laughs) that's so true man yeah It's so true because what happens is like, we're in the business of word of mouth. So what happens is, yeah, they're telling you, Hey, here's my guy that does mine, but just to let you know, he will do it for cheaper if you, if you offer it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's like, you don't want to be known for that guy. Like now everybody who's going to be calling you is going to be negotiating. If you're that guy that, that, that does negotiate. Right. Yeah. No, you know, I, I don't, I don't negotiate with, uh, with anybody else. Uh, if I'm going to negotiate, 
you know, we're going to duck services. But other than that, nah, there's no negotiation. My price will set in stone. And the other thing I do, and I, I tell everybody as a detailer, one of the main things you got to do is, uh, is get a website built. Make yourself look as legit as possible. And, you know, I got my, my packages listed on my website, but I don't have prices listed because I want them to call me. And when they call me, I got their contact info. Um, and putting that contact info um, in my CRM. And hold on a second. Uh, and I'm putting that contact info in my CRM. And even if I don't sell them, the CRM is still kicking out reminders to them. You know, hey, look, if I'm running a special on something or if I got a deal on anything. Um, and, then, you know, I, I send out, you know, happy holidays texts, you know, around the holidays to remind them, you know, I'm still doing it. Or you know, I even touch base with them at the beginning of the season. So that's always key. You know, you never want to post, you know, prices because people will see the prices and they'll just scurry on. You want them to call you and you want to be able to sell them on the phone or in person. You want, you want to sell yourself and your services. And that's key. Mm -hmm. What you just said right there is like, if anybody's listening, that is the key that I would, honestly, there's so many pieces of, of this puzzle to have success 100%. But what you just said was, uh, having a website, like everybody needs one, you need that. Like if, if you're wanting to charge above average prices, you need to do above average things and having a good website with your brand displayed on there. 100%. Number two, you said the CRM having, when someone inquires, you have that system. It's like, Hey, I add them to my CRM. That CRM then sends that automated text out to them. And it's just like routine, you know, and it's so key, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's hundred percent key, you know. And that, I mean, when I really started treating this as a, uh, as a, um, you know, when I really got serious with the business, and I built the website and I built the truck, I kind of noticed that the business exploded because you look more legit and you acted more legit. And I go everywhere I go with this truck. People see it and they're like, wow, that's a setup. And I'm like, yeah, because they see you're invested, you know, and that's the key. And Google reviews, I can't tell people enough. You know, you've got to get the reviews from your customers, whether it be Facebook, Google, whatever, you know, so that other people see, hey, look, I use this guy. He did a good job, you know, and it makes you look more legit in the eyes of potential customers. That's key. Yeah, yeah, 100% because like, I know when I want to like, say I'm in New York and I've never been there before. What am I doing? I am, I am literally going on Google to find, Hey, a barbershop near me, uh, right. local Italian joint near me, you know, like I'm, I'm Googling it and people, I think detailers don't realize that like they're Googling it. Why wouldn't you want to invest time into making sure that you have a stacked Google meaning good reviews, you know, it's like, and, you know, it, it, somebody told me a while back ago, and I feel like it really resonates in the industry. They're like, you're either going to be a detailer or you're going to be a businessman. It's very hard to be both. And you kind of, you got to find that balance, you know, between both of them to really succeed. And you, like I said, you know, before you got to put the work in. I mean, there are nights I don't get home till, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And then I still got to do invoices. I got to wash rags. You know, I got to, you know, get everything together for the next day. 
and you're really putting a lot of time in, you know, but it, it, you get in what you, you know, you put in at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 100%. If, you, if you're not putting any time in and you're sitting on the couch and you're playing video games when, <laughs> you know, like it, when you have a day off, like you just said, Hey, January and February, I'm networking, man. I'm going out. I'm, I'm putting that time into education. I'm putting that time into learning and, and, and getting involved, you know, and that pays off. But like, and I, that's always my advice too. Like when guys are, you know, um, they are have a day off, say a rainy day, you know, instead of sitting at home and playing video games, like, Hey, let, let's, uh, let, let's put some time into, to hitting other businesses and networking and stuff. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's, that's the main thing. You, you, know, you gotta put the time in. And I, the other thing I tell everybody too, is don't expect other people to help you. Everything is on you. You know, I, I, the reason I have what I have is because I was knocking on doors. I was soliciting myself. I was walking into yacht clubs, you know, with, brochures and flyers and everything and talking to boat owners and I was going into marinas and talking to the managers and I was selling myself, selling my knowledge and everything. And that brings me back to the four P's I was saying before, people, product, process, price. And that's how you sell yourself, you know? And that's, that's how you get these jobs. And all it takes is one. Once you do one job and it comes out beautiful, word spreads like wildfire within that marina or yacht club and everybody's calling it. Mm-hmm. that's the main thing it just takes one but if you do a bad job you're not gonna call <laughs> no one's calling you <laughs> that and it's probably more so like that with marine detailing like more clickish more um people know everybody there because yep. they're paying that membership for that marina they know everybody inside of it they're always partying together like yep and that's what it is it's a social club everybody's down here they're you know they're partying they're having you know having drinks food and they're, you know, hanging out on each other's boats. And if, you know, the topic always comes out, well, who's doing your boat? Who cleaned it? You know, and this guy, this is the guy you want to call. Okay. And then boom, you know, now you got a client. It's, it's, it's a really wild industry. And when I first got into it, yeah, there were a lot of guys, there were a couple guys doing it and I kind of pushed them all out. And the main reason is, is because I had the knowledge. I had the education that they didn't. And every once in a while, I get somebody's, you know, nephew down here, you know, cleaning, cleaning a boat with somebody. And then they realize, oh, wow, there's a lot of work and they don't do it. You know, the next year I'm getting a phone call, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably way more so. Like boat detailing is so freaking hard, man. Like it is some physical labor. So it's like when someone does decide that they want to, you know, compete with you and they want to open one up like you almost know, Hey, it takes a select breed that is going to be able to hang in there here with me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I tell her, I tell my guys that work for me, I'm like, they know there is no shade out here. It's hot. You're in direct sun all day. You know, you're getting the sun beating the hell out of you. You know, you're fighting the boat. Sometimes it is not pretty, you know, <laughs> it, it can be rough. And the other thing that sets me apart up here, is I have the uh, availability. I can do boats in the water. I have an inflatable platform, a Solstice platform that allows me to do boats that are in the water. And that right there, when I bought that last year, that skyrocketed me even more because customers are like, oh, wow, now you can do the boat in the water. So topside, you know, mid-season waxes, I don't have to come down and flip the boat around 
you know, you can just come down your leisure and do it and get it done. I'm like, yeah, you know, and I've stolen a lot of clients from other competitors because they don't have the means of doing boats in the water. Mm-hmm. So having all the equipment is, is key too, you know? Yeah. Bo- bougie clients like convenience. So that makes it so yeah. convenient for them. And, and, and at the end of the day, a lot of these clients too, they're older people, you know, they're retirees. They don't want to do this stuff. You know, they just want to come down and enjoy the boat, you know, so they're not going to be they're 70 years old, you know, six years old. They don't want to be down here cleaning it. You know, they are just pay us to come down, make it look nice. And then they can fully enjoy it, which is, you know, what it's all about at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then what are some big plans you have for your own business going forward? Like you got any big moves coming up or any big ideas? Uh, definitely getting a second truck. That's uh, definitely going to have to happen soon uh, at the rate we're growing. But everybody keeps, uh, keeps asking me about merch. They want to buy, you know, snapbacks they want to buy hoodies t-shirts tank tops because they love the logo so i think moving forward i'm going to create on the website a spot where they can buy merch from me oh yeah i'll definitely get one of those yeah i'll send you a snapback or a t-shirt <laughs> <if> you want <laughs> okay I'll, I'll rock it on a pot i'll rock it on the podcast one day <laughs> <laughs> all right so like when it comes to because you you need a crew like having a crew of guys is, is such a must like i see you got guys that are working right now um, how hard is it to find guys that just know that this is hard work and, and are willing it, to put that in? It's, it's hard every year. It gets harder and harder to find guys because everybody can, every detailer can run an orbital, but not everyone can run a rotary. And that's, we use a lot of rotaries, you know, on, on these boats. And, you know, I tell everybody when you're running a rotary, if you catch a cleat with that thing, that buffer will kick back at you, you know? So you got to be careful. You got to be okay with heights. These guys are on scaffolding all day doing stuff. And it's very hard to find guys that are, that know what they're doing with a rotary and then be okay with being in the sun and being, you know, on scaffolding all day. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's really hard to, to, to find crews anymore. <laughs> do most of these guys already have experience or do you have to do most of the training? Um, they have experience running wheels and then I just kind of, you know, uh, educate them on the different gels and the process and how to dial stuff in with pads and products. Hmm. And once I get them educated on that, then it's like, boom, I don't, they know what they're doing. But the other thing is I'm always cautious about bringing guys in with me. I mean, these guys have been with me for years. Um, and I, I pay them extremely well. Um, and that's why they will not leave me. But I'm always cautious about bringing other people in with me because if they see what I'm doing and they realize the money that's to be made doing this, I'm afraid of creating competition. Um, so, it, you know, I got, I got a guy up in Schenectady that I pulled down every once in a while to help me out that is another boat detailer. Um, only because he's from far away. I know he's not going to travel down here, you know, and, and steal an account from me. But, at the same time, my accounts have told me numerous times, we're not letting anybody else in here because of who you are and, and, and the quality of work. So, but it's, cool. it's always in the back of my head that if I teach somebody and they see what's going on, I might be creating competition for myself later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that for sure. And like, say, say I'm just starting in marine detailing. What's like a 
uh, boat detailing for dummies set up? Like, I know, like, as you are, you're more evolved, you've got probably multiple different pads that you now know and different products, but say you were to dial it into like an all-in-one type of pad product, what would be your go-to? My go-to would be a, a DeWalt rotary and a, uh, a white wool and then a, uh, a yellow wool because the white wool is more for cutting. The yellow wool is more for polishing. Um, and as far as products go, I, uh, I found this by accident two years ago. And it's, a, uh, it's called a Glyptone Medium Buck. It's a polishing compound, but it's petroleum-based. And because the gel coat is very, cor- uh, very porous, the petroleum actually puts moisture back in the gel coat. And if you top that with a Jeskar Parallax seal or a Colonite uh, 845 or 920 wax, I mean, the gel coats come out like glass and it holds up extremely well. Mm. We just did a boat when I first started a couple of years ago. We cut it, you know, we compounded, it, polished, sealed it and waxed it. The following year, we polished, sealed and waxed it. And then we did it uh, two days ago. And the boat, I mean, we pretty much hand waxed the whole thing because there was so much moisture still in the gel coat. It, it, it didn't need much. It was insane. But, you know, the main thing I tell everybody, especially clients, is it's all about maintenance. It's all about maintaining the boat. And just getting it clean once a year doesn't cut it, you know. You don't clean your house once a year. You don't clean the car once a year. Let me detail it, and we're going to stay on top of it. We're going to do maintenance washes. We're going to do mid-season waxes. We're going to do end-of-the-season details on it, too. And up here in New York, I got fresh water. I do do some, some ceramic coats, but not a lot. If I'm doing a ceramic coating. It's mainly on a guy that's got a, you know, a fountain or a Baja, some kind of nice speedboat. But other than that, you know, I, I try to break the price down. If you paid for a ceramic coating versus if I came back, you know, three times a year and I did, you know, a polish seal and wax or just polish and wax, you know, and break down the prices and show them the price difference and everything. And what I'm doing is I'm creating guaranteed money for myself throughout the season. Because if they say, okay, yeah, just do, a polish and a wax and then I go and I do it three times a year. Well, there's money I can count on and it's residual, which is what I want. Same thing with the fleet washing. I want residual income. I, I want guaranteed money. I, I can count on. That's how you grow. You know, if you do a ceramic coating, you're going to get it once and then you might get it for a maintenance wash. You know, if the customer wants to do it, you know, that customer's probably going to be gone once you do that ceramic coating and, and be like, all right, it's done off. Come back again. And they, you know, they, you got to really uh, pick and choose your battles with that. So essentially, if they've already done their research and they decide they want a ceramic coating, you'll still do those. But mainly, um, that's not kind of the profit pro, uh, product. No. That you, and like I said, you know, if you got a high dollar speedboat, I mean, that boat's, you know, those guys, they take them out, they blast, blast them up and down the river, and then they put them away. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the boats that sit out here, you know, I try to sell them more on, you know, a seal and a wax and try to get them three times a year, you know, because I can count on that because I'd rather, you know, stretch it out throughout the course of the season and be a one and done kind of ordeal for the rest of the year, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense, honestly. Um, And then, so like, do you, do you do like, let's say, do you do more of big projects to where they need wet sanding, compounded polish and like restorations, or do you do more of, um, like maintaining and polishes and waxes? Um, I do more of the maintain polishes and waxes. 
um, when I first started, I think I did like maybe one or two wet sand jobs. And I think this year we've done a total of like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it comes down to, um, I mean, the boats up here, it's fresh water. They're not really that bad. And with the product and the process, I'm normal. I'm able to get back a lot of stuff, you know, that, that's heavily oxidized, uh, with doing what I'm doing. But, you know, once they're wax and everything then it's just maintaining the thing you know doing bi-weekly washes on it you know which i which i give the clients and i come down twice a week or twice a month and i and i wash the boats and keep all the dirt off it mm-hmm. and uh you know that's that's really it and if anything i would i would say boats are like we push maintenance cars need them 100 but honestly based on how fast boats fade and and gel coat fades i would honestly argue that boats need maintenance more than a car would absolutely and my whole thing is it's like i I told the clients because for the maintenance washes i come down twice a month and i wash the boats when they come down on a friday the boat's clean and they can enjoy it and it's nice and clean they can hang out on it and it's not covered in black streaks or dirt or anything like that and that's really what it's all about they're coming down the boat's clean they can enjoy it you know it's not disgusting it's not covered in dirt and uh, it, it makes my life easier too, as, as time goes on, because it's been maintained, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. And like, I love the maintenance side of things anyway, cars sometimes can get to where you need a bunch of them for it to be profitable because you're, you're getting into that quantity base, but like with what you're doing, you're still doing a polishing, you're still doing the wax um, application, like so you're still making good money per boat that you see every time. Right. My, uh, I start, my season starts in mid March and I start the maintenance washes right before Memorial day. So the boats are nice and clean for that holiday. Uh, you know, everybody comes down and hangs out in their boats. And then once July hits then all the boats I did at the beginning of the season are coming back around for, you know, midsummer topside waxes. And I'm still doing the maintenance washes and, you know, they, everything kind of carries through. And then when they get pulled again, they get waxed again. It's all about maintenance. And my clients love it because they come down, hey, the boat's nice and clean. They don't have to worry about nothing. Everything's taken care of. Dude, and that's sick. That year-round, you know, seasonal work, you know. Can't say yeah. year-round. I got two months off, but... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's cool though. It's probably much needed. I mean, when you're working, like you just say you were seven days a week, some weeks and like it's a, a needed two months vacation. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> just grind while it's hot and then enjoy the, enjoy the winter. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it sucks because, uh, during the, uh, the nice weather you're out and you're, you're working constantly. And then when it's, uh, it's cold and, and snowy out, you know, you're off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I, I freaking love like your business model. It's it's definitely like a breath of fresh air. Like when it comes to, it's something new. Like we don't hear marine detailing a lot. And like, we don't hear that side of this industry. It's still the detailing industry, but we don't hear that side of it a lot. And honestly, I personally think it's a more profitable inside of it. Like I think so. Oh yeah. I, I will not go back to cars, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I offer the automotive detailing. I'll do it for, for friends and family, but for the most part, I don't even offer it because I'm so busy with this stuff. And, uh, and going back to like the networking thing, um, you know, Willie Hohen down in uh, down Pensacola, he's got a ceramic company. And the other day he hit me up. He, uh, he fed me a ceramic coating job uh, right up here in New York, you know? So networking with other people, with 
in the industry, you kind of feed off one another. You know, if, if they get a lead on a job in a certain area and you're there, boom, you got it. You know, they'll kick it right to you, which is which is key. It's, it's a very small community. And it's a very uh, close knit community. And I love it. You know, everybody knows one another and anybody getting into the industry, don't be afraid to ask us, you know, uh, for help. You know, if you're stumped on something, I've helped numerous guys out that are getting into the industry. And uh, cause you know, at the end of the day, we all want to see you succeed, you know, but we don't want to see you uh, struggle or mess anything up. Yeah. Dude, I, I loved having you on, man. I got two things for you before we get off here. What yeah. is one last piece of advice that you want to give somebody and how can they find you social media or how do you want someone to find you? Uh, you can find me at Waxing Off Detailing on Instagram, uh, Waxing Off Detailing on Facebook. You know, if they have any questions, they can reach out to me. Um, and I mean, if anybody's looking to get into it, just do it. You know, don't think that, you know, there's always going to be a call to urgency of like, if you're thinking about it, just jump in and do it. Don't wait. Heck yeah, dude. Dude, it's been a ton of fun, man. Same here, man. Thank you for having me on, bro. Thank you for listening to the Detail Spot podcast. And I hope you took away something from this episode with Shane and how he became, you know, the go-to guy in his space and in marine detailing in his area. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you're really enjoying the content coming from this channel, if you can, leave us a review. It's going to greatly help the channel grow so we can reach more detailers just like yourself. And if you're looking to learn how to price your detailing services and packages so that you know for sure that you're making money and so that you make the money that you envision when you first started. There's a free workshop that you can take. It's 100% free. The link is in the show notes and it's going to show you a really simple equation that you can implement in your business so that you know for sure that you're making money and that you're making good money. So make sure to check that out. The link will be in the show notes and stay tuned for the next episode of the Detail Spot Podcast.